Hey everyone, Newt Shuttlecotty here with a very special bonus episode of Mini Marconis. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Ned Donovan of the New Jersey Web Festival, which was the very first web festival to open submissions to fiction podcasts. In addition to being a multi-hyphenate creator, which basically means that he does everything and more, Ned is super knowledgeable about the award show and festival circuit and shared tons of amazing and important information about how to submit your fiction podcast to festivals, awards, why it's a good idea to do it, how to get the most out of that experience, and some other tips as well. Before we get started, please note that there is a list of all of the web festivals currently accepting admissions for fiction podcasts in the description of this episode. So take planning and submitting to those as your homework. And let's get started. Hello, uh, my name is Ned Donovan. I am an actor, a writer, a producer, and then I am also the founder of the fiction podcast wing of the New Jersey Web Festival, which was the first like true quote unquote film festival experience, but for fiction podcasts. I'm also an audio engineer, I guess I should say that too. I do a lot of weird things in this world. Don't we all? Okay, so give me the pitch. Why should you submit your audio drama to award shows and festivals? So I started my career as a musical theater performer and also a stunt performer doing like sword fights and bar brawls for TV and film and whatever else. And when I was in college, every student film had a gun. Every student film had a weird fight and no one knew what they were doing. And I started like fight directing everyone's student films in college. And while I was there, I created a web series called The Hunted specifically The Hunted Expulsion, which was a spinoff of a larger web series called The Hunted, which is an action comedy mockumentary about vampire slayers. And it was simply a way for me and my friends to do like fight stuff. And we created this web series and it did, you know, six episodes and we forgot about it. Then in 2016, I released an album that was classic show tunes reimagined for today's radio genres. And the guy who created The Hunted heard it and was like, hey, we've always wanted to make a musical version of The Hunted. Will you do that? And so I got together a group of friends in New York and we put together uh, The Hunted Encore, which is an action comedy rock musical mockumentary web series about New York City vampire slayers. And uh, we did two seasons and we started submitting it to the festival circuit, specifically what's known is the web festival circuit, which is all film festivals dedicated to web content. We were very fortunate. We were accepted to over 50 festivals worldwide. We ended up doing about getting about 75 awards and it kind of launched my career. And there is a thing called the Web Series World Cup, which is a collection of 40 web festivals from around the world that share their acceptances, nominations, and award wins with each other. And you basically, each show gets one point for an acceptance, one point for a nomination, and one point for an award win. That's an oversimplification, but that's basically it. And at the end of the year, they published the quote-unquote definitive ranking of web series in the world. And my show was very fortunate to come in fourth from the United States, 27th worldwide. And that got me interviews with Netflix and the CW and ABC and a bunch of other networks. And I didn't get hired, but achieving that like made my career take off and it allowed me to get better networking and it allowed me to get a bunch of really cool jobs and it like fundamentally set up my career for success. I have been making fiction podcasts for almost as long as I've been making 
web series. And when I was on the web series circuit going to these festivals, I would mention that I had a fiction podcast and people would look at me like I was insane. And then I would get into like discord channels with fiction podcasters and say that I made a web series and everyone would be like, what is that? And what was wild to me is that the creator Venn diagram between web series and fiction podcasts is essentially like People who wanted to make art, who traditional art avenues refused to fund in or from like underrepresented communities or people that like the industry told you could only be one thing and nothing else. Or a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all went, oh, screw you. I'm going to go make my own art. Like they were the same community (laughs) and they had no idea the other existed and it blew my mind. And so after I finished the circuit in 2018 for the Hunted Encore, I started approaching a couple web fests that I had incredible experiences with to say like, hi, there's this other community out there that is like awesome and deserves to be recognized as a part of the larger fiction community. And there is a pipeline from web series to TV development that is like pretty established. And there's nothing like this for fiction podcasts. And my goal has always been to help fiction podcasters enter the TV pipeline if they would like to. Like, I I have a connection base to a bunch of TV producers who are getting into fiction podcasts who call me and I say, like, hi, I'm not available, but here's 10 indie people you should talk to. And, like, that's always been a goal of mine. And so the reason why I say you should submit to the New Jersey Web Festival we'll start with because that's my festival. But overall, like, the reason is at the end of the day, Everyone needs like sound bites and quick hit bullet points of why someone should pay attention to you in an insanely crowded field. And like for better or for worse, having a group of professional judges listen to your show and accept you into a festival that doesn't accept everyone gives you the ability to say like, hey, these professionals liked me, so maybe you will too. Now, some people say like, oh, award shows are bullcrap. And I'm going to be honest with you. You're right. They generally don't matter for anything. However, they are fun. And if we're celebrating indie art together and everyone agrees to just like agree that not winning does not make you a loser, (laughs) like then they can be a great time because then they're uproarious and celebration. And our 2021 web festival was one of the most like exciting podcast experiences I've ever gotten to be a part of. It was so fun. And that to me is is why the festivals exist. They are there to celebrate the art. They are there to introduce you to fellow podcasters, but also just fellow indie creators who are celebrating indie art on the web, bar none. That is the reason to submit to these festivals, in my opinion. Yeah. And even if you can't like be there in person, like I wasn't able to last year because I was busy going to school, it's still great because you can find these communities of people who are a part of your class and be like, hey, I saw that you got nominated for this or that you won for this or I looked at your clip. And it's this really amazing sense of, oh, we're all figuring this whole fiction podcasts in web series out together. All right, so let's get into some boilerplate nitty-gritty stuff. How long should your show be running before you submit? How many seasons, or if you don't do it seasonally, how many episodes? What is a good enough crop of content for a first impression? Man, what a hard answer because every festival is different. Now, what's nice about New Jersey is we set the precedent, so we kind of told the other festivals what they should do. (laughs) But in our personal opinion, there is no limit on creativity or talent. However, because the internet is so vast, we did have to set some ground rules for the sake of not being over inundated with submissions and not having enough judges and getting overwhelmed. So our rule was if you have at least three episodes 
available on an RSS feed, we could accept your show. What we have then say for anyone who was in our first year festival, anyone who released content after the content you submitted for the last year. So our system is simply you can't resubmit the same content if you were accepted. If you were not accepted, you are allowed to submit the same content if you would like. Uh, we have new judges every year. Judging is subjective by the definition of the word. Our system is that we have multiple people covering every single show. So not all the judges listens to all the shows, but many judges listen to each show. And then they each grade on a numeric scale. And we literally just create a Google Sheet that aggregates all the scores and we let in up to our limit at highest level. And it's really exciting. I, I am not a judge, but there is something so absolutely incredible about reviewing shows as they come in and hearing the the increase from the last year when they submitted and hearing the work they've done in the meantime. In terms of what are judges looking for, I'm really curious about how do they get through all of the content that shows send in, especially if a show has multiple seasons, and not go completely crazy? One, they're magicians. Two, <laughs> if anyone is wondering where your submission fees go, the majority go to paying judges to listen to all that content. <laughs> like, that is the first thing. And we have a rule that says, because we start judging the moment we take submissions in October, the year before the festival. And we say to a judge, if ever we get a submission of a show you work on, you're out. Like, you're done judging at that moment exactly. Like, we can't have conflicts in the judging world. We can't have a situation where a judge is judging their own work. What we say to the judges are, here's the rough list of awards that we're going to grant. So when they judge, they also say what awards they would nominate a show for if they had the choice. And they're allowed to pick from our list as well as list something they feel we didn't write down. Um, that's how the best chemistry award was created last year was like six judges were like, these shows need to be a chemistry award. And that's how that was created. We work hard to meet people where they're at and judge them accordingly. Do you have an exciting storyline that no one else is telling? Great, you're in. That's a writing credit, right? Like, we try very hard to do that. But what I will say, and I have said this to every web series I've ever advised and every fiction podcast I've ever advised, instinctively, what kills a web series and what kills a fiction podcast is sound quality. It's really hard for judges to get past sound quality if it's at a level that they can't, like their only brain is ticking the problems they hear. Ears are just much better at recognizing a quote-unquote problem in the universe than eyes are. Like if there's a continuity error, I probably won't notice. But if one of your microphones on an actor has a ton of buzz and background noise and the other has none, I'm going to notice the switching between microphones and it's going to bother me. And there's just like nothing I can do to turn that off. And so... The best thing you can do to put yourselves in the best light possible is fight to make your sound mixing as good as it can be. What would you say is the range of reasonable fees for award submission? I know that the New Jersey Web Fest doesn't separate by categories, as in when you submit a fiction podcast, you can be considered for basically every category of award that you're fit for, from best acting to best uh, story. But do you have thoughts on awards that require a separate entry fee for each category? I'm going to preface this by saying... These are Ned's opinions. They are not necessarily the official opinion of the New Jersey Web Festival, and they are certainly not the official opinion of festivals that I advise as they extend and expand to fiction podcasts. I have no control over pricing, and I have no control over how other festivals run themselves. All I can do is advise them. These are Ned's opinions. I personally 
don't think it is right, just, or acceptable to have to call your own shots when it comes to award nominations. I think that is wild. I think having to pay a fee for best performance, another fee for best sound design, another fee for X, Y, Z is crazy. Now, let me be clear. I get why they do it because they're trying to get specialized judges and they have to pay them. And if they're just bringing in a VFX coordinator to judge a VFX thing, they're going to ask you to help pay that person's wage. I understand the reason it happens. And I also understand the New Jersey Webfest would probably make more money if we moved to that model and we lose money every year. For those of you asking where all the submission fees go, they go into renting spaces, they go into paying judges and panelists, and we rack up a deficit every year and bless Neem Basha festival director who has been working hard to take the New Jersey web festival from the red to the black and eventually someday be profitable. We go for sponsorships. We take submission fees, but at the end of the day, we don't make any money. I don't collect a salary. Neem doesn't collect a salary. I'm so blown away by how hard you guys work. Like I want to put this like right here in the interview where everybody is, is like listening. The, you guys work so hard. I'm always blown away. Like give yourself like a pat on the back every time you go into work. Yeah, like right now. I really appreciate that. So Ned's personal opinion is a single submission fee should make you eligible for every category the festival is judging you against. That is my personal opinion. That is something that the New Jersey Web Festival veers very strongly about. The only thing that we will take an extra fee on is if you submit in multiple genres because we have different people judging each category of thing. So if you submit as a narrative fiction podcast, you will be judged across all the narrative fiction awards. If you submit as an actual play podcast, you get judged across that. I believe you should have to pay a single fee. What is that fee? Honestly, it depends on the festival. I don't like the Webbies, but I understand why they charge $300 a submission, a category, because they're renting like Radio City Music Hall to do their awards show. So it has to get paid for somehow. <laughs> like, it just is what it is. I didn't like the Ambies because the Ambies force you to call your shot. And for an indie podcast with a very limited amount of funds paying, you know, $100 a submission fee or whatever it is they're charging is insane. It's like not, it's not an acceptable way to do it when companies with a million bucks in press funding can submit to every festival, can submit to every award. It's expensive. In fiction podcasting, what what the, the general system is, the earlier you submit to a festival, the cheaper we can make the rate because the more we know we're going to be able to spend on the venue. So if you submit during the early bird deadline for the New Jersey Web Festival, I believe it's $30, $35, something like that. And then we up it by 10 bucks every single deadline. So by the end, we're charging 60. And the reason for that is just simply by then our money is already allocated and your money is less helpful to us. And we actually need the extra expense to cover the last minute judging because we didn't have months to do it to cover like the increase in seats at the awards gala because they charge us to increase the headcount that close to the event. Like we have to raise the price based on the shortened amount of time we can do something with your submission. So my recommendation is always if there are festivals you want to go to, find out when they are and find out when they open submissions and submit as early as possible as quickly as possible. Okay, so on to some fun, fun stuff, because you talked about all of the opportunities that you got on the WebFest World Cup. What opportunities, both in person, networking and meeting other creators at the event, and especially if you should win, do these laurels from WebFests offer fiction podcasters? 
Well, we're still figuring that out, right? Like the we were first last year. We haven't totally seen the effect, right? Just having the ability to help the people who are getting inundated with press coverage requests and, you know, I want to partner with your company for sponsorships, like all of that is helped by basically creating what is an arbitrary and subjective metric, but is some people liked me more than other shows. Check out what I make and invest in it if you would like. What else is there, though, from, from like a not promoting your show perspective? Some of my closest collaborators and friends in the indie content circuit to this day are people that I had a beer with at the end of day two at the Bilbao series land in Spain. And like, I still run my scripts by them. I still ask them what they're up to. Like the networking opportunities from not a professional standpoint, those are great. But the networking opportunities from a community, friend and engagement standpoint are unbelievable. So you talked about what you're looking for in the future. I want to hear your big, however much money you have, dreams. If you guys had unlimited funding, what would you see as the next step for fiction podcasts, awards, and festivals? There are no submission fees. All the money would go to that immediately. Like submission fees are a barrier to entry. They are an economic barrier. Like... I want to give a huge shout out and like I, I'm probably going to steal this clip and put it on social media because like the Audioverse Awards team created something that was so exciting where you could pay it forward. You could pay into a pool that allowed people to submit their podcast for free. Like, and is there a better system? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone give the Audioverse Awards $10,000 that they can put into submission fees. But they were able to create something that let creators who absolutely couldn't afford to submit, submit. Having the ability for your work to be judged equally with with people who could afford to submit is just vital to the future of the art form. And if someone said, congratulations, like we are top level sponsoring the New Jersey Web Festival, we're giving you all of this cash that covers your venue and your food and your people and your and like allows you to pay the volunteers who work all weekend. Like if we got all that, the next thing we would do is either reduce or eliminate submission fees. All right. Is there are there any other comments or topics that we didn't touch on that you'd like to go into for listeners, especially new folks who maybe have never submitted their show to an award show or festival before? I have found that people who operate this way in the indie space specifically have greater successes either in their content getting transferred to a medium with money, <laughs> frankly, or in terms of festivals, more acceptances, more thing. When you are making content, the hardest thing to try and convince anyone to do is stop consuming a thing they already like to consume yours because it happens to exist. And so a lot of marketing in especially podcasts is if you liked X, you'll like Y. And the problem with that argument, even though it's good to have like a connective tissue, is that if I like X, I'm going to keep listening to X and therefore I don't need Y. And so if you can, figuring out why your show has at least one nugget of something that no one else has to let that let audiences or judges have something that makes them go, huh, when I get involved in a new show, when I start producing a new show, like the first thing I do is market research. And if someone's making a show that's basically the show I was about to make, I just go listen to their show and it scratches the itch for me. And I really think like if you can make a show and be able to say like when we set out, we did this one thing that no one else did, even if it's 
two seconds of audio, or even if it's like, we found a new way to pay people, like whatever it is, put that as what you use to grab people, either in your festival submission paperwork or in just your social media posts. The other recommendation I have, which is if you have an hour long something and it makes sense, especially in fiction where like stories ebb and flow, but if you can find a way to do it, three 20 minute episodes are just better than one 60 minute episode because it's a lot easier to convince someone to commit five minutes to your podcast than it is to commit 30. And if you find the way that can shorten your show, tighten up your writing, it will only help because everyone's podcatchers are already far too inundated with content. So to convince, yeah, Newt's raising their hand over here. <laughs> like, if I'll be real, this is my job. I have to listen to so much stuff and I still have to listen to stuff that I really enjoy. Yes. And it's hard. And like, I had to stop listening to shows for a certain while because I was doing too much of my own to have the heart to like dive in and you can get burnt out oh, on this on just listening if you can find the way to make micro storytelling work especially when you're new when you're trying to introduce yourself to the market when you're trying to get people in your corner when you're trying to make a community coming in and saying i made a kick-ass six minute per episode fiction podcast and you've never heard of me almost everyone's gonna at least try out your first five episodes because it's so easy to do between episodes of 40 minute long things. There is just nothing I can recommend more than that by finding a way to self-edit either in pre-production or in terms of festivals, finding a way to really excerpt just the things you feel make your show special and putting them into your submission so the judges can weed out the things that you want to be considered for. If you like what you heard, sound off. Drop me a line at minimarconis.com or at newtshot, that's N-E-W-T-S-C-H-O-T-T, on Twitter. You can find Ned at at Ned Donovan, that's N-E-D-D-O-N-O-V-A-N, on Twitter. And if you want to check out the New Jersey Webfest, you can find them at at NJWebfest. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Podchaser, or Spotify. Thanks for listening. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.